In less than 30 days, the Olympic torch will be lit in Tokyo. And for two weeks, the nation's viewing public will come together to root on our athletes, many of whom may be unknown today, but who by the end of the month will be beloved household names. Molly Solomon, NBC Sports Olympics production chief, joins us here on the mic drop to talk about how the network plans to cover all the dramatic storylines and why she thinks these games could very well be the most meaningful of our lifetime. Then, Mark Elfenbein of The Ticket, a Ticket Day One employee, joins us to talk about his career and the twists and turns that have been the Mavericks offseason. So let's drop the needle and let's go. Welcome to the mic drop, everybody. Kevin Sullivan here, joined by my co-host, Monica Paul, the executive director of the Dallas Sports Commission, along with our next level intern, Marcus Carr. Thank you for listening. Monica, it's episode 19. They still haven't kicked us off the internet. Marcus, the number 19 for Marcus means Cowboys wide receivers. A lot of people think of 88 when they think of Cowboys wide receivers. Marcus goes right to Miles Austin and Amari Cooper. For me, I think of Juan Gonzalez of the Rangers. Now, I I was tempted to go with Bert Campanaris as a vintage Ranger, who was the first person when he played for the Athletics in 1965 to play all nine positions. He wore 19 for the Rangers. Rangers trivia buffs will remember that I believe it was the year 2000 utility player Scott Sheldon pulled that trick playing all nine positions in one game. Uh, Johnny Oates did it as a favor to him to put him in the footnotes of history as sort of a journeyman player who who was a hard worker and a well-liked teammate. So welcome to episode 19. Monica, we begin by belatedly a little bit congratulating Dallas Baptist baseball and coach Dan Hefner. What an incredible season. They went 41 and 18. They felt one win short of making it to Omaha for the College World Series. It was a gut-wrenching defeat to Virginia. That is a strong program. They were actually were third Division one and home runs this year in all of NCAA baseball. They'll be back. Uh, and your Longhorns, Monica, which had their first College World Series win since 2014, are going to have to go through that Virginia team uh, to advance. But uh, lots happening uh, uh, on the Dallas sports scene. What's happening with the Dallas Sports Commission this week? Well, uh, we, we're going to have a CONCACAF Gold Cup uh, trophy tour starting actually um, actually today. Uh, that'll last all through the weekend. Uh, we'll be out at uh, FC, FC Dallas, Toyota Stadium, uh, throughout the Metroplex, uh, which is which is a big deal for us as we prepare for Mexico, El Salvador, and the other teams coming in for those nine international uh, soccer matches uh, here coming up in July, including the quarterfinals out at AT&T Stadium. So uh, a lot of international soccer, and soccer for us continues as uh, – we are gearing up to submit our final draft of the human rights plan for our World Cup 2026 bid. Uh, I can't thank the stakeholders enough uh, f- for engaging with us and really thankful that uh, FIFA gave us this opportunity to engage at this at this time period, at this level, to talk about some very, very important uh, uh, topics on how we can make our, our city of Dallas, Arlington, our entire region, better through the World Cup and uh, really give us some things to prepare for uh, and work on over these next five years. Um, 
you know, some, I, th- I think, Sully, some information came out from the NFL yesterday uh, in regards to possible uh, looking for a host for the combine in the, in the future. So that's def- definitely something at the top of our list of, uh, uh, you know, definitely want to be hosting a- another Super Bowl. So uh, continuing that conversation uh, with the NFL and looking at uh, other possibilities for that combine and uh, for the draft. Yeah, watch out, Indianapolis. Here comes Monica and her crew from the Dallas Sports Commission. Well, it, it takes a village here, so we have a lot of good partners, and uh, I know the Cowboys always, always want to be the best and set high standards, so um, really excited for that opportunity. So uh, a lot of moving parts as we continue to climb out of uh, COVID, and uh, we're anticipating hosting o- over 70 events this year, um, which is actually our pre-COVID standards and pre-COVID numbers uh, just in a little shorter amount of time than a full 12-month uh, time period. Yeah, great to hear. Also, good news this week. Congratulations are in order for Dallas Stars President Brad Alberts, who was an episode one mic drop guest and a friend of the program. He received a nice and I would say well-deserved honor this week, Monica. Yes, absolutely. He uh, was named the to the Dallas Business Journal list of 2021's most inspirational leaders in North Texas, and I can't say enough about Brad. Uh, obviously, we knew what we were doing with episode one uh, to get, get Brad on there as one of our first guests, but uh, he's very uh, devoted to the to the Dallas sports scene, not just from a hockey standpoint, but we really have to shout out uh, and, and recognize his development and growth of, of hockey here for all the way from the youth level and, and what the Stars have done has been really aggressive over the past few years of ensuring that Dallas is placing itself to in a position to be able to host, you know, major hockey uh, uh, events and, and be at a forefront. And, you know, that's kind of a tough task sometimes uh, based on our sports landscape with, um, you know, the popularity of football and, and, and basketball here. So uh, we have indeed become uh, a hockey uh, town. So um, I, and I think he's done a lot from uh, facility development as well with the star centers that uh, they have here within the DFW region. And you know, opportunity for, for other things in the future. Yeah, and speaking of being inspired, a, a not just a mic drop moment this week, but an important mic drop moment this week with Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib becoming the first active NFL player to come out as gay. Uh, you know, I liked, he, he, uh, he said, hopefully one day announcements like this won't be a, a big deal. Uh, and some good news followed his announcement. Yes, absolutely. Uh, fan fanatics just reported that his number uh, 94 jersey instantly became their number one seller uh, upon his announcement. And, you know, uh, I, I think the timing is, is good. It is Pride Month. So uh, congratulations to him and uh, really looking forward to, to seeing him perform. And I think it's really a, a positive and looking forward to, you know, other athletes uh, giving them the, the inspiration to – uh, to do the same if they so choose. Yeah, he made a big donation to the Trevor Project with the which the NFL matched, which was which was also awesome. Yeah. We're looking forward to talking Tokyo Olympics. We're under the 30-day mark with NBC Olympics production chief Molly Solomon. Uh, but before we do that, we had some news yesterday. Asia Gray of our WNBA Dallas Wings named to the women's three-on-three basketball team, uh, which will be cool to follow her. We we've got we, we've got uh, Shakiri Richardson in the 100 meters. We're going to talk to Molly about some Dallas connections uh, that we'll be following on NBC and all of its platforms, digital and otherwise. 
uh, in a few moments. But Monica, you've been to a couple Olympics as 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 part of an official delegation with USA Volleyball. What do you have a personal favorite Olympic oh. moment? We're, we're going to ask Molly this question in a little bit too, but. <laughs> What's your personal Sally, favorite Olympic moment? It's it's probably one of the best times of my life. I, I was uh, in 2000 in, in Sydney and then 2004 in Athens as, as part of the women's volleyball delegation. Um, I don't know if I have a, a specific, but uh, in, in 2000, we had an opportunity to actually play for a medal. And that's something, even though we weren't successful, I think that's something that will will always stick. Uh a funny uh, moment was I can remember our car breaking down in Athens on the way to uh, the opening ceremonies. Uh, so needless to say, uh, I didn't make it to the opening ceremonies, but uh, still had a had a um, uh, a great experience there. Uh, you know, the, the preparation that uh, the USOPC and uh, IOC and the host cities that put into this, uh, you know, sometimes I think may go unnoticed, but um, a, a lot of prep goes into that and uh, the USA house and uh, the USOPC staff that goes down to really create an Olympic training center all, all in its own for, for the U.S. athletes. So uh, great, great uh, experience for me. Yeah, I've had the good fortune and, and the privilege of working five Olympics and I'm going to save my favorite moment till the end because it's going to be my download. It's connected to my favorite moment. And it's also connected, not surprisingly, to NBC. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a, in a, in a minute. Uh, just before we, uh, before we move on, good luck to this weekend to our friends at the PGA of America, who of course are in the process of relocating to our area. This week, they're conducting the KPMG Women's PGA Championship in Atlanta. This is a championship that'll be at PGA Frisco in 2025. Uh, you can watch it on NBC, Golf Channel, and Peacock this weekend. The best women players in the world teeing it up. The purse has doubled. The, the, the PGA and KPMG and the LPGA Tour have really elevated this major championship to play on many of the same courses that are known as men's for men's uh, majors. Uh, so here's the good weather and great stories coming out of the Atlanta Athletic Club and the KPMG PGA uh, Women's PGA Championship. Uh, back in a moment with Molly Solomon to talk Tokyo Olympics. First, over to Rachel. Dallas is known for its big wins when it comes to sporting events. Whether it be Final Fours, Winter Classics, Pro Drafts, or even international soccer matches, Dallas sets the standard. And now it's time for our biggest win yet. We want the 2026 World Cup. The Dallas Sports Commission is working hard to bring the World Cup back to our great city, and we need your help. Head over to DallasWorldCup2026.com to sign the pledge to bring it back. Be sure to follow us on all social media at World Cup Dallas to stay up to date on all things 2026 World Cup. Thanks, Rach. Now, this is a real treat for me. Uh, Molly Solomon joins us here on the mic drop. Molly's been a producer with NBC Sports and Olympics since 1992. She was very young. She still is. She was named executive producer and president of NBC Olympics production in November of 2019. In addition, she serves as executive producer of Golf Channel, a position she's held since 2012. And if that's not enough, she's the mother of triplets. Uh, now, this is one of the busiest people on the planet right now. So we're really uh, very grateful to you, Molly, for, for joining us. Welcome to the mic drop, my friend, Molly Solomon. I'm just excited to be interviewed by you, Kevin. I mean, our relationship goes back, is it now two decades? 20, yeah, 22 years, 21 years, yeah. So February of 2020 was when we met when I got to NBC Sports. 
and, and if you look up, everybody listening, if you look up uh, TV production badass in the dictionary, Molly's picture is there. She's worked every you know big event you could imagine and is just super talented and a, and, a, and, a, and a fine person on top of it. So Molly, we're under 30 days. You had the big press event yesterday at 30 Rock. You got to sit on the stage in Studio 8H, where Saturday Night Live is 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 uh, is shot. Uh, July 23rd, Tokyo Olympics are happening. What should we expect when we sit back to watch on NBC and all of your platforms? Kevin, what finally hit me yesterday was how much of a reality is this is happening. And I spent the last week and a half at the Olympic trials and to see the joy, to see the relief, to see the anticipation, all of this come to life now that we know that Tokyo 2021 games are, are just ahead was, it, it was just thrilling. And, you know, I, I think it's such an important moment for the world and all across, across the globe everybody's in a different space. But one thing we do have in common is that we see the Tokyo Olympics as symbolic, that we're coming out of an incredibly dark time in our history. But this is a moment to see light, to see that the world is coming together. I think it, the Olympics represents um, this year, you know, really a shared experience. We can all come together, 206 delegations, marching into that stadium. By no means is it over, but we do see that there is hope for the future and for all of these athletes who were not sure if there'd be an Olympics. Imagine training for something your whole life and then it's taken away. Well, now they see that it's coming. So we're incredibly excited to get this going on July 23rd. What will be new and different this time in terms of NBC's coverage? Well, as you know, Kevin, um, the media landscape is changing. The way you and I consume media is changing. And so as we looked at the Olympics, we wanted to make sure that NBC is adapting to changing consumption habits. So we've tried to design our plan to be everything for everyone. So if you're out at the grocery store and you know the 100 meters is going to happen, well, you can still go run your errands, but you can watch it on your phone. So we're making sure that not only will the eight networks of NBC Sports and NBC Universal be hosting the Olympics, but you can also see everything streaming on NBCSports.com, NBC Sports app, NBCOlympics.com. And then, you know, there's more and more uh, new platforms. Peacock, I know you're a subscriber, Kevin. Peacock I am, and I pay, I pay. I'm a premium <laughs> subscriber. But you know what gets me excited as a producer is that we get to um, experiment and provide new Olympic viewing unique options on Peacock. So um, I want you to go there because that is the place in the mornings where you're going to see the incomparable Simone Biles live. Get up early and watch Simone Biles compete. Track and field's going to be there. The USA men's basketball games are going to be on Peacock. And a kind of my uh, quiet favorite project has been getting ready for uh, Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg to actually be hosting an Olympic highlight show, Kevin. So there's that, so much it. new and there's so much coverage out there for you. Now our, our intern, Marcus, we had to explain to him yesterday in our prep call what a landline is. So Marcus is going to be watching. You're even going to be on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, talk yeah. a little bit about that. Snapchat, wherever, you, wherever you're goofing off, Marcus, you're going to be able to find Olympics. 
it's incredibly important, Kevin, to be where everyone is. And that doesn't, it doesn't have to be limited to NBC Universal platforms. We're on all of the social platforms. So we have partnerships with Snap, with Twitter. They're gonna, there's gonna be a live Twitter show and then live look-ins. And if you're a gamer, as you mentioned, Twitch is also gonna be home to companion content, co-viewing of the Olympics. So um, you're really gonna be able to find it wherever you want it to be. Before I hand off to Monica for a few questions, uh, you know, we know about Simone Biles, but who are some of the other breakout athletes that we ought to be paying attention to? You say breakout athletes. I also say breakout sports. There's some really interesting new sports in Tokyo, including surfing, skateboarding, sport climbing, karate. So you can see the International Olympic Committee really being inclusive and looking at where is the youth of the world spending their time? Well, they're also spending their time in those in those different sports. So I, I know that the first Saturday of the Olympics that if you come to NBC primetime, you're going to see skateboarding make its debut. And there's some fascinating characters and athletes and their backstories. We can't wait to tell them. But I'm really intrigued, Kevin, by the new sport. So, Molly, obviously, uh, with the little delay due to COVID uh, in, in 2021, you, you've been working on this uh, Olympics for many, many years here. So how what has been the impact of COVID on your, your production plan? I mean, did you really ever slow down in 2020 as you're probably preparing and not sure what the IOC is going to do and uh, if, if these Olympics were actually going to happen? we had to really evaluate how do you produce content under COVID protocols? And it's super important that as we head to Tokyo, NBC heads to Tokyo, that we realize that we need to produce these games responsibly um, as Japan is still emerging from the pandemic. So what we did is actually evaluate the footprint of um, our Olympics coverage. And we moved a lot of our operations home and we could do that because we've been producing sports events during the pandemic remotely. We've produced the Kentucky Derby. We've had lessons from a whole season of Sunday night football. We most recently in June produced the French Open, those epic semifinal and final matches um, from stateside. So we learned a lot. So we were able to transfer a lot of um, our facilities back to the United States at the request of the International Olympic Committee. But, but the good news there is that it's going to be invisible to the audience because technology has advanced so much that you, the viewer, are not going to see it. Um, but we'll still have as robust a coverage as we've always promised and delivered. It always amazes me with the Olympics every four years of you can really tell the, the difference in the advancements in technology and broadcast uh, uh, each each Olympic year. So uh, really excited to see what y'all have in store for this year. Uh, but you opened it up earlier uh, with Snoop Dogg and, and, and Kevin Hart. Uh, you got to give us a little bit more information here. They're going to be involved in your coverage. What's that all about? Well, I'd, I'm not sure if you follow Kevin Hart on Instagram, but Kevin Hart is a huge track and field fan. And that's where this kind of started because he, he was working with Peacock and also working closely with the United States Track and Field Federation. And he reached out and wanted to be further involved. And if you didn't know, the United States has the most impressive track and field team mm -hmm. in a generation. You know, names like Shakari Richardson, who are going to be breakout stars. So Kevin wanted to be involved in Olympic lead up content and did some shoots and did um, some content that you'll see during the Olympic 
Olympic track and field trials. So it's his interest. And if, and my gosh, you guys, you know, Snoop Dogg loves boxing. He loves, he loves golf. He loves all sports. So to get their take on the Olympics, because they are super fans, I, I just can't wait. That's going to be awesome. I'll, I'll definitely be tuning into that. So Molly, I also uh, teach a, a class at SMU every now and then. Uh, and, uh, always like to provide some advice for those that are coming up that think they want to get in the sports field, especially women, uh, during these days, wanting to try to figure out what's next for them and what opportunities, what advice might you give the young students and, um, that are trying to get into sports management broadcast, however they play a part in the sports role. It's so important to get internships, particularly when you're in college and during the summer and you may have to work for nothing. And if you can do that, do that. But it's so important to be exposed to all the different facets of sports. You may think you want to be a producer. You may think you want to work in social media, but you don't know till you get in in this in a setting and really experience it. And you also may be limiting yourself. So there's so many different jobs. My daughter's a, a high school senior and she's intent on being a screenplay writer. And I, and I just keep reminding her, you've got to go in there with an open mind and see all the different jobs because you never know. I didn't play golf until I was 24 years old and was assigned to golf. Golf is now a huge passion of mine, both in my job and as a hobby. But if I hadn't been open-minded, I, I wouldn't be where, where I am today. So my advice always is to go get internships and, and keep your eyes open and don't be single-minded about what you want to be when you're 45, when you're, when you're 20. Monica, uh, mentioned the, uh, the changes in technology. You're also doing something creative this time because the fans can't travel to, to Japan. Tell us about that. Yes, Kevin, when we found out that fans were not going to be able, international fans were not going to be able to attend the games, we started, we started brainstorming and out of adversity comes new ideas. And as you know, from watching our Olympic coverage, friends and family are so important to the storytelling narrative because behind every gold medal is a family that has supported that athlete and every silver medal and bronze medal. And so what we decided to do is really focus on, um, let's actually make the friends and family an Olympic venue. So just how we treat swimming and track and field, we're focusing on what are the storylines in the, in the different sports, you know, who has um, a terrific support network and also wants to be on camera. So we plan on being in living rooms across America in prime time. And there's also going to be watch parties. I, I just heard from a BMX racers family in Indiana, whose dad wants to have a thousand person watch party in the, you know, in the town square. So I really, um, I feel America coming together around these athletes and they want to make sure they feel supported and we're going to represent that on television and and also the uh mike tarico out amongst them so to speak not in a not in an outdoor studio in in, in tokyo so a little different look in prime time yeah you're all we're always 
always looking at um, how can we showcase the city we're in, um, what tells the best story of these Olympics, and it turns out that Tokyo is one of the great modern cities of the world, and um, the hotel where we happen to be um, staying has a wonderful view of Tokyo Bay and the Rainbow Bridge, which, which is an iconic symbol of Tokyo, so we decided to, heck, it's the middle of the summer, and because of the time zone, it's going to be morning, let's put Mike Tirico outside. He may be a little hot, but <laughs> nonetheless, I think it's going to be a new energized look for um, the primetime set. And we also have virtual reality graphics that are going to be working alongside him. And Kevin, can I tell you one more really cool thing about Tokyo? Yeah. We're going to have Steve Kornacki joining the primetime show. So we call it the sumo board, not the big board, but he's going to be at the sumo board using his curiosity and you know his interest in analytics and research and data to break down the U.S. team to really get us take us inside gymnastics scoring the medal count so I, I look forward to seeing Steve Kornacki at the Olympics. Yeah it's going to be it's going to be cool I really yesterday I, I saw you were quoted in USA Today saying these could be the most meaningful games of our of our of our of our time and and i i think you're right about that i think people do have an appetite or craving a shared experience uh, so before we let you go monica mentioned you know her favorite olympic moment although it was a breakdown of her car in athens which was which i didn't was say it was my favorite. favorite i just I'm said so it happened you missed the opening ceremony monica <laughs> that just like touched me i felt so badly for you so what's your molly we, we you've worked uh, every olympics uh, right since 1992 it's i i always whenever i get this question it should be the easiest question kevin but it's the hardest it's like choosing among your children but i always go back to the first time when you do something work something experience something that's the most memorable and um i i really think my favorite olympic moment was 1992 Barcelona opening ceremony. And I don't know if you recall how they lit the cauldron, but it was a Paralympic archer who shot a bow into the cauldron. And just that moment when when the crowd roared, the cauldron lit, I get I get the you know spine tingles right now, but that was the beginning of my first Olympics and it was unforgettable. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've been privileged to go to just about every cool event that, that there is and, and big event in sports. Uh, I think everything pretty much except the World Cup. And uh, hopefully we'll be doing that in 2026 in Dallas, thanks to Monica's team and their, their hard work. Uh, but a big moment at the Olympics is just different and bigger. Uh, and, I, and I know we're going to have th those big moments in, in Tokyo and and. I know you're, you're off to St. Louis for, for gymnastics. I, we've all enjoyed watching the swimming trials. Caleb Dressel, uh, another, another person who is a very good chance not to put Phelpsian pressure on him, but he could be a multi-event multi medal winner, right? He could be a name that emerges from these games. There's so many great stories that came out of the swimming trials, Kevin. First of all, you've got the legendary Katie Ledecky at age 24 going for four gold medals. And she's got um, a lot of competition from down under. So there's this rivalry between the US and the Australian women swimmers and America loves a good rivalry. So I'm looking forward to that. And, and as you say, with Caleb Dressel, it was really interesting to watch the dynamics in the arena because Phelps had been the centerpiece of the US team dating back to 04, even though he competed in in 2000. And it was almost like an abdication of the throne as the lead male on the US 
swim team and Caleb stepped into that and he has this, you know, patented reaction when he wins a final that and he's all tatted up and he's a drummer and he's a character. And I think there's so much there. But as you say, you have to be really careful not to set Phelpsian standards or expectations for him because he's a he's an amazing swimmer, but you don't want to feel let down by a couple of gold medals. But I really look forward to seeing what what he, what Katie and and Simone Manuel um, making the team in the very last women's race, her last opportunity was incredibly moving. Well, Mike Drop Nation will be watching on behalf of Monica. Thank you for for making some time for us uh, to come on the Mike Drop. And safe travels to you and the whole NBC crew and all the best for another great Olympics. Thank you, Kevin. And we look forward to Texas giving us a lot of medals in Tokyo. We will do our best. Thanks to Molly Solomon. Now over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors and then back with Mark Elfenbein. Looking to get out of the house in a safe way? Try having a relaxing weekend at the spa or a fun family staycation for spring break. The Omni Dallas Hotel is right in the heart of downtown, within walking distance to some of the area's best restaurants and unique shopping. The Uptown Terrace Infinity Pool is a family-friendly retreat during the day and a great place to watch a romantic sunset over the Dallas skyline at night. Go to omnihotels.com Dallas for the best offers and plan your post-quarantine staycation today. Because why? Big wins happen here. Thanks, Rachel. And now everybody get ready for some fun. We've got Mark Elfenbein coming on the mic drop, a day one ticket guy, <laughs> longtime ticket personality, Mark Elfenbein, aka Elf, uh, back home where he belongs at the ticket Sunday mornings from seven to nine. And of course, he also dispenses his hot sports opinions on the extra crispy podcast with Elf and Roy with Roy White. Elf, you were the voice of the fan, maybe you and Leon Simon and Dallas radio before Wow. Bill Simmons was Bill Simmons. And before Skin Wade was Skin Wade, you were kind of the, the voice of the people. So welcome to the mic drop. It's a, it's a blast to have you on. One of my all-time favorites from the baseline at Reunion Arena and Media Row. Uh, how you doing? And how do you, how do you describe your journey in Dallas-Fort Worth media? Well, first of all, pleasure to be on the great mic drop. I've been watching you guys from the <laughs> beginning and seeing how you guys continue to grow. And uh, Kevin, man, you and I go way back. Tony Faye, we go way back. And uh, I joke with people, but it's a true story. When the Mavericks started in 1979-80 with Sanju and Son, I was at UT. And I bought a season ticket, and I would drive from Austin to Dallas back and forth just to see the Mavericks play. And, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, that's where the great uh, media credentials, we got to sit <laughs> on the baseline. <laughs> right. It was that just, doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, no. And, and, and do you do you feel a responsibility to, you know, you work in real estate, media is not your full time thing, although you've made an incredible career out of it. Do you still do you still after all these years consider yourself kind of representative of, of the average fan out there? Uh, yeah, I mean, because I think when I first started in the industry, uh, before the ticket, we took over myself and Steve Shapiro, the Bottle Rockets, right? Took over for Norm Hitchkiss at KERA, and Norm right. was there forever. And when he left KERA, that was our first gig. And we literally thought, how are we going to get this job? We're not sports guys. And we told Mike Nitka at the time, hey, we're just two fans talking sports. And so that's kind of how we got started was just two fans talking sports. 
And then fortunately, I got that phone call from Mike Reiner. And he said, I need to have you come have lunch with me so we can go talk about what I can't tell you about. <laughs> and that's where the ticket started. And from day one and went about, what, 18 years in a row. And then, uh, like we all do, we take an opportunity to try something else. And fortunately, uh, got to go back home and uh, where I think I belong and do my bagels and schmear and bacon extra crispy on Sunday mornings. And it's perfect. You know, Sully, we've done a pretty good job of getting a lot of uh, UT alumni on this uh, on this mic drop. I've got to commend uh, uh, everybody for, for our lineup here, and I think I may have to have a one-on-one with Mark uh, regarding the real estate uh, market and uh, his experience there. But, Mark, before we get to your download, um, obviously the Mavericks have been in, in the news a little bit. Uh, what do you see as next for our, our Dallas Mavericks? Well, I, I think uh, we were all kind of surprised how the season ended. Thrilled that they got where they got. Disappointed that, that nobody else could help Luca, And then the, all the Porzingis stuff. But then, you know, all hell broke okay. loose with <laughs> all of a sudden Donnie Nelson gets fired, Rick Carlisle quits. And then the Mavericks and Mark Cuban, I thought, made a nice move to save face by calling Dirk okay. and saying, um, we need you. And I'm not sure what they're talking about with Dirk, but I can promise you Dirk is telling them, you need to give Lucas some help, spend the money, do whatever you do. And we're looking at Trey Young, who they were traded for each other, and just look at everything that is given. To, he's got all these great shooters and players they put around him, and look where they are. And poor Luca has got a couple of guys that can play basketball, but I think he needs more help. I don't know what the Mavericks are going to do for a GM. I'm not sure what they're going to do for a coach. I don't think they know yet. Um, but it has definitely woken us up in a city that's all football. And we're going, we're not done with basketball just yet. The Mavericks got things to do. And before we get to your download, speaking of football, the Cowboys will be headed to Oxnard in a few weeks. Did they do enough in the offseason? Give us your, your quickie scouting report on uh, your pre-Cowboys training camp uh, with one mini camp in the books and some OTAs maybe. What, what are you thinking about the Cowboys? Well, I think they, they did what they had to do and get Dak signed finally. It took forever, but they did what they had to do. And I think Dak is terrific. I, he's got an opportunity to get even better. And if he's healthy, which we think he is, he'll be fine. Offensively, they're loaded. And I think the biggest key is going to be their offensive line with Tyron Smith and uh, uh, Zach Martin. And you got Lael Collins and you got the other the kid that's going to be the center. If they are healthy, they're going to score a ton of points. But that's not their problem. Their problem is defense. And obviously they drafted, I think, seven or eight guys this year. They've added some free agents. If their defense is better, they'll win the division, and we'll see how far they can take it. If their defense is not better, we're going to be talking about this about a year from now. (laughs) So same thing, same problem. Well, all right, Elf. So this is the portion of our program where we ask our guests, what are you streaming? What are you downloading these days? Sports-related or not, uh, give us a – an idea of what, what you're downloading these days. Could be book, music, movie, TV, you name it. It's interesting because I was not very much uh, aware of the whole podcasting a couple of years ago. I'm like talking to my son, who's the IT genius, and I said, uh, what's a podcast? And he looked at me like I was from Mars. He's like, what do you mean? You don't, Dad, that's all I listen to now. That's all, that's how I get everything. And I never understood about when people would say they would binge watch or binge listen until I found out about Ozark, the TV show. And I went, 
oh, <laughs> I understand what that's all about. Then I'm the amazing Mrs. Maisel. And I'm like, oh, I get it. And then when I started doing the podcast thing, I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to understand what this is all about. And uh, I think the coolest part about it is, is you could do it anywhere, anytime on any device at your leisure. And I think that's what I think has made this journey that we're all messing with uh, pretty successful. And, uh, you know, it's, you get to pick your top 40, you know, it's not like right. here's a top 40 list. This is all you get. No, you pick your so top what, 40. So what's on your top 40? What are you listening to these days? Besides uh, the mic drop, which we appreciate, uh, and your own extra, extra crispy with Elf and Roy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I like many was, you know, I would check out lists and I'd go, well, okay, well, what, what is, to, what do you listen to? And so I checked out Joe Rogan, of course, right. and uh, saw a few things that he did. And I was like, oh, wow, he, he could talk about anything in any way. You know, and yeah, for me, uh, I think you have to be a little careful because I'm in real estate and I work for a very big company and they all, they'll watch what you say. So you have to be very cautious that your job job does not get affected by, because, you know, we all know now, be careful, like Herman Edwards said, don't hit sin, <laughs> don't hit sin, be careful what you say, you know, so on and so forth. Um, I love music, but I find that because talk radio has been a part of my life for so long, I I'm, I'm trying to find out other people out there that I can listen to. I, I, in terms of what I listen to, I'll click on other sports talk shows just to see what they're going on. I haven't really d dove in head first on other podcasts, but I'm, I'm getting there. Except for the mic drop. Well, the mic we drop, appreciate. come on. I mean, I, listen, I think the name alone is perfect. I mean, well, I love yeah, the yeah. name and I love how you guys promote it. And, and you always have somebody pretty interesting on all the time, which is really cool. Well, that's the magic of Tony Faye PR right there. So let's, let's hear what Monica, Monica, what's your, what are you streaming or downloading this week? Well, this week I, I actually watched a lot of live television. You know, those uh, Olympic trials, the track and field trials that Molly mentioned. I actually watched those. Uh, U.S. Open uh, this week. A big golf fan, so uh, was watching the U.S. Open. But I can tell you the one that I'm waiting for. And if I've missed it, please somebody tell me that it's out. But I'm a big Yellowstone fan, uh, and I need to know what's happened with Rip. So I'm, I'm waiting for... Uh, when is Yellowstone coming out? Uh, yeah, so. they, they, I'm, a, I'm a huge Yellowstone fan. That was a pandemic binge for, for yep. me and, uh, and Joanne. We, we, we love it. And uh, I'm trying to find clues from social media about who survived the end of season three. But they have, it's to the best of my knowledge, they have not announced a, a date for season four. And I, I am on pins and needles. I've that heard is a June. great show. I, I've, I've always heard Check it out June. on Peacock. Uh, there's, there's three seasons. You can binge it. It's a great show. But if Rip offers you a ride to the train station, do not get in that pickup truck is all I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, so my, uh, my download this week or my stream is the documentary, The Greatest Race on Peacock. You can watch it for free. It's a documentary on the 2008 Olympic men's four by 100 meter freestyle uh, relay, uh, which is, it was the second of Michael Phelps's eight medals, but it was the one that enabled him uh, to, to, to run the table and go eight for eight in gold medals in 2008. Uh, and there's a dramatic finish where Jason Lezak has to chase down uh, this incredible swimmer, Alain Bernard of France. 
uh, to secure the victory. There is a UT connection with Garrett Weber Gale, who's featured prominently in the documentary, along with Michael Phelps and Colin Jones. Incredible play-by-play by Dan Hicks. Unbelievable at the end was his famous call on Lezak. Rowdy Gaines, great. Narrated by Hillary Swank, which is awesome. So that's that's my download. So Alf, you are you you planning on watching a lot of Olympics starting on July 23rd? We're under 30 days. You you an Olympics yeah. fan like me and Monica? Absolutely. And uh, it's you know it's so funny because our worlds have changed so much in the last 10 years because. When I grew up, when the Olympics were on, that was all you, you got to watch everything. And cause that was, you waited and waited and you couldn't wait for four years to, you know, now I'm like, there's hockey, there's basketball, there's baseball, there's, there's off season football. Oh, and there's the Olympic trials, but I love the Olympics and I love the summer Olympics and I love the swimming and I love the track and field and the, to see the gal Richardson the other day in her trials, just absolutely fly. I mean, that's fantastic. I don't know if boxing is what it used to be, and I love boxing, but I can't wait for the Olympics to get going. Yeah, if you're, you're, you know, the NBC is going to promote uh, men's and women's uh, track as the United States of speed. And you got (laughs) to be careful about hype, but this is, it looks like the best men, on the men's side, the best in a generation, and the women will continue to be be strong. So, Elf, thank you so much for your time today. Continued success to you both in real estate and on the ticket on Sunday mornings and with Roy White on your extra crispy podcast. So on behalf of Monica Paul and the Dallas Sports Commission, thanks to our guests, Molly Solomon and the great Mark Elfenbein. What a good friend both of them are. uh, And great, great to hear from you both uh, today. Also, thanks to the Mike Drop production team, Chris Amelia, Amanda Larder, Next Level intern, Marcus Carr, and our showrunner and visionary, Tony Fay. Until next time, thanks for listening, everybody.